Hold on. Recording. We're recording. Hello, and welcome to the Bay Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. We are here for our uh, regular weekly reviews of the uh, weekly Paramount Plus Star Trek shows. Um, I'm joined by the usual way team, Justin Ayotte. What's up? Uh, Boris. What's up? And Milos. Hey! <laughs> uh, and today we have been joined by a mission specialist. Uh, for the second time in the history of this show, you may remember him from our review, I believe it was last year, of The Inner Light. Um, he is the host of the Work of Wrestling podcast and the Five Films podcast. He's been a friend of mine for about, I don't know, what would you say? Uh, 20 years. 20 years, basically. Uh, Mr. Yep. Tim Kale, welcome back, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate all the work you guys do uh, with uh, bringing intellectual lens to popular culture. I love it. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey, don't, don't believe the facade. This is all a work. We're just, <laughs> is it is it intellectual or just trying to pretend we're not drunk on air? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I'm, ju I'm just here to talk Star Trek. I don't care about anything else. Can we? Can, yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Let's. I'm gonna start with um because Tim obviously wasn't on the first two episode reviews that we did for this. I would like to get Tim's thoughts on the show in general without really getting into today's. And uh, just any thoughts he has on show in general and the first two episodes in particular. So the floor is yours, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I love it. And I loved it from the get go. Uh, I, something that's really important to me that is, may not be as important, but really feel it sets the tone for the show is actually the introduction, like the the title sequence of these shows I'm finding is like really important to me. I really like discoveries from the beginning. Um, I do not like Picard's, but I absolutely love uh, strange new worlds title sequence where it opens with a traditional, it's continuing mission to seek out, you know, strange new, like, I just love how it, uh, harkens back to the star Trek of old while still being new and fresh um and yeah the first episode i loved how pike had a beard <laughs> and looked a little messed up like i loved how he was affected by his vision of the future but he wasn't necessarily wallowing in despair the way a character in discovery might be you know like he was processing rather than wallowing so i really but when he answered the call he answered the call so i really like that um, in the, it's, I might get some of the episodes mixed up. I just watched the third one again last night, just so I was prepared for this ep this uh, episode of the podcast. Um, but my, my overall take is that this show already after just three episodes feels so lived in and comfortable with itself. It has such a strong identity and I, I cannot say the same thing about Discovery, even after four years. It still seems to be finding itself. Picard has no idea what it, what it is about itself. But Strange New Worlds, it already knows itself. It knows its characters. It knows its strengths. And it plays to all of them. And I absolutely love it. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Oh, you, uh, you, you took that oh, question... Yeah. And uh, not only did you hit it out of the park, the ball went around the planet a couple of times after that. So, yeah. And it really yeah. sums up the show nicely, basically. Yes, yes it does. I mean, uh, only three episodes in, and I'm having more fun watching this than I did with Daniel the Picard or Discovery. Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know what you're talking about. Picard was an excellent television show. Yeah, you were, you were the one screaming at the writing staff in our finale show. I, I, television I think, at its finest. I think. Hey, we, dude, I, I think, think it's perfect for a drinking game. Because I mean, you can get so drunk if you want to just go like take a yeah. sip every time somebody screws up. It's like I can't drink that much. Tim, if you haven't listened to our finale show yet, the highlight is just Justin going completely insane on the writing staff. Like, what are we doing here? I don't get any of this. I got to hear that. 
Um, yeah, so uh, we are here to specifically review the third episode of Strange New Worlds, Ghosts of Illyria. Uh, this one, uh, and I'll go through the plot in a second, uh, this one did focus on number one primarily, um, and it also had some uh, fairly significant development for uh, some of the other characters. And just very quickly, boys, uh, am I the only one who thinks that this show has done more in three episodes to develop its cast than Discovery's done in four years? Yes, you are the only one. Nobody else thinks that except you, John. Because really, I do sort of feel that way. There's been more character development on this already then well we talked last time how how much uh, character devel development uhura got so i think uh, it was the um Nunyan singh girl or whatever her name is the khan khan uh, prodigy or oh, we're uh, getting into that uh, today La Lana, yeah she got Anka. some character development uh, this uh, this uh, this episode Okay. Well, I think so, I think Luna got a lot of uh, oh, for sure. In this episode. Yeah, I mean, this goes this goes to like even first episode when we talked about like how they're gonna take advantage of the assembled cast, and we talked, we brought it up, which second episode confirmed that when Uhuru got her share of the spotlight, that like every episode is probably gonna showcase a character in a different way, and they've been doing it. But even the other characters that don't that don't necessarily get showcase that much like even they got more development than like any other show took time or effort to do and then we got and a nice see. little uh nice little uh build up of uh Mbaka too with his uh predicament yes. with the yeah. transporter yeah. which i'm sure we'll yeah. get into <laughs> don't know pantsland's uh nurse but hey we can hope yeah. tim you should also know that uh at least Milos and I are charter members of the uh, Dr. Chapel Appreciation Society. Because, damn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the um, the young lady who, the nurse? Yeah. Yes. Nurse yep. Chapel. Because, yep. okay. damn. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she, is the, she is the first uh, woman on Trek since Terry Farrell to give me that immediate, like, the second she comes on screen, like, holy crap. <laughs> You mean uh, Jerry Ryan, but whatever. <laughs> she never. I mean, she's very attractive, but she never did anything for me in that in that same way. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll get into the plot here. Time she got on there. Yeah, I think I was already kind of half out on that show by the time she showed up. So um, that was my problem with that. But um, anyway, let's hit the plot real quick. I do have to say, and I'll mention it when we get to it. But there was one point at which this show completely fooled me, like I thought it had to go a certain way and then it didn't. Uh, but we'll get there. Um, so it was also off... it was also a point where I thought we were getting She Hulk a few months early. But... Oh yeah, uh. I when you said that in the chat thread, I was like, he does he does know she's not in that show, right? And then I went, oh, that's not what he means. Okay. <laughs> um, so so we're on a planet. Uh, they go to they go to a planet that is basically a colony for and this whole thing has like the captain's log voiceover by number one not by pike um i wonder if that's going to be the device like whatever character they focus on is going to get that at the beginning ah um, love that cool. device it, it is an effective device i did enjoy it um yeah they uh they used to do that a few times on like certain episodes like you'll have like uh crusher start with like her medical log if it was about her or um you know Riker would Bashir you know, Bashir was, too yeah Bashir yeah. would do it too um I think a few times on Voyager I think they did that too so yep. Picotay. yeah yep. they, they've been known to do it <laughs> but I think if you pull it whole season straight that's quite an accomplishment in a way yeah yep so they go to a planet that was a a colony by a colony of a race called the Illyrians who um, you find out are uh, had been approached by the Federation in the past, but because they um, use genetic engineering, they were not allowed to join the Federation. Uh, but they went looking at this colony to see, you know, because they occasionally check in on them, I guess, was the whole thing. So they send an away team down, and the away, the away team might have actually already been there by the time the episode starts. And um, so they there are like these ion storms going on there while they're on the planet. So they're trying to get 
off the planet before while they still have the ability to use the transporter. So you've got uh, number one, Pike and Spock, and a bunch of red shirts uh, down there. And everybody <laughs> except everybody except Pike and Spock get off the planet um, just because the storms get to the point with the transporter, they won't, they can't get them out. Um, the one thing I did find interesting is that this episode pretty much I mean, you still get some Pike and Spock stuff, but this episode pretty much sidelines them. Like, they're not, it's not central to the plot what they're doing, but, you know, they still get their couple of minutes. Um, this one really, to me, seemed to be. Kind of just shows how long they got it together to where they basically can take their top two characters, sideline them, and this episode doesn't lose any, well, it doesn't lose anything. Right. Sure. Right. So. I had, and somebody brought this up to me, and I didn't even really think about it. Um, did did anybody else read it? And I didn't think of it till somebody else mentioned it to me. But that Pike volunteers to go to go uh, rescue Spock from this, make sure he gets off the planet because Pike knows he can't die right here. So uh, I never thought about it that way. I I, I thought it was yeah. odd that Pike would go, you know, look for his. Uh, his science officer, especially a Vulcan, as if he were a baby, you know, or five-year-old. Right. See, well, I, I didn't that's, get it that way. I didn't really see it, like him, like, looking for him like a, like a baby or a five-year-old. I just figured it was, like, it's because it's a member of his crew. And, I mean, you've seen this happen before where Kirk has gone off to find somebody or, you know, Riker's gone off to find somebody on away missions and, and next-gen or whatever. And, um... You know, he tells the rest of the landing party to go up, so it didn't really seem all that out of the usual. But yeah, I guess, I guess you're right, John. It could be partially because he knows that you know he still has a lot to do or whatever. But I don't know. I I just figured it was just him being a good captain. Yep. Yeah, same. Because I don't think necessarily the Ion Storm was like uh, on a level where they they were gonna die. So it's like right. me staying behind is gonna ensure that we both stay alive. It was just like natural thing to do as a captain. Like he went out there and got his crew member. Right. So they all and he back. knew, and I think part of it is like he was confident in number one that she's going to take the rest of the crew members back to the ship and that she can handle whatever's happened on the ship. If mm -hmm. they don't make it back or while they get back. Yep. So they go, so the rest, everybody else goes back to the ship and Pike and Spock try to find, there's like a shelter on this planet that they can go hang out in and wait for the storms to pass while the, you know, the crew on the ship, you know, they, they start trying to find like, how can we get Pike and Spock out of here? What, what's the best option that we have for that? And again, I'll bring up what I did uh, when we did children of the comet and Tim, I'm actually curious what your opinion on something like this is. These things, the way these plots are handled show the confidence this crew has and the confidence this show has in the sense of like, where discovery would have some like meaning where but where they all sit around crying for 20 minutes trying to figure out like what do we do this show just goes okay we're in this situation go <laughs> i think you particularly saw that with number 1 when she returns to the uh to the ship and she's there uh in front of the chair she says you do this do this is this is the situation uh, get to work, you know, and then she sits down in the chair. Uh, so that's cool because you really do have, this is the flagship of the, of Starfleet. So it should be the best of the best. And we're seeing the best of the best at work. They actually, they, they get to these characters. This is the, the best, the, the difference between this and discovery. These characters get to know things and already be good at things. Whereas on Discovery, and it can work in Discovery, it has many times, but they're kind of fumbling around in the dark, and they're not the best. They're kind of scrappy, and that's would the you same. would you would you say that Discovery is kind of uh, lower decks of the new Star Trek? Yeah, in that regard, yes, it it, it has um, characters that are finding themselves in addition to finding their job and what they want to do and solutions to problems which can be good like I, I have enjoyed discovery a great deal but it's fun uh to watch a star trek where the characters are already so competent 
without them seeming overconfident either. Um, they're just doing their job and finding solutions to difficult problems. So I don't know if that answers your question, John. Yeah, no, that that pretty much does. So then we go back to the ship, and uh, I may have some of the order of this wrong, but I'm going to try to keep it very general because of what I'm finding on these shows that I don't like to spend too much time talking about the plot and stuff, and I want to spend more of the time that we have doing analysis than me just blathering about what the show was because you can just go watch it. Um, so uh, Ortegas runs into some red shirt in a hallway, and he's freaking out looking for light essentially and it's kind of strange and then so then we cut to more of that where uhura's in her quarters with her you know whoever he sh she shares a cabin with and they're like they've got you know something jacked up like an image of a star or something and they're doing the same thing so you eventually find out that there is something got through the biofilters and there is a virus uh running through the ship infecting people and um, they, you know, they eventually, and then Hemmer, the awesome Enar engineer who I already love, even though he probably has had the least screen time of anyone on the show so far, goes down to sick bay while Mbenga and Chapel are collecting people with this illness and tries to fix the medical transporter to which Mbenga sort of freaks out, um, which at the time I just felt was a, he was kind of like being like McCoy, like, I don't trust engineers, they just dick with everything. I just thought Mabenga was sick too, and he didn't want anyone discovering it. Right, but, uh, yeah. but I, didn't, I didn't think it was anything having to do with what it ends up being, but we'll get there. Right. Um, yep. I just thought it was him just being like crotchety, like, get away from my shit, I don't know what you're doing. Um, so then we also find out uh, through... There's a couple of, of discussions between Pike uh, between Una and Lon here where we find out that you know how we had the 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 descended well, like that she was obviously somehow descended from Khan uh, in the pilot. Um, we actually get that here where she is, uh, but find out that she is not. Um, she at least says that she is in no way genetically engineered. She just happens to be. You know, she's probably a couple generations forward of this guy and just happens to have the name and is not actually uh, genetically engineered in any way. So I was wrong about that. Well, that I mean, wow. she might have some better genes or something. I mean, I'm sure something came through. Like, she's better at something, you know, than the normal person. But it's. Yeah, but I mean, but I think. But it's not augment, you know, augment level. I think but I think the point you're supposed to get is that she's not an augment. Um yep. which Yeah, I, like she's not she's not like completely genetically enhanced like Khan was back then, but the problem is is that he you know, um yep. I mean his genes still go through, so there is part of her that was augmented into, you know, not having anything or being superior or whatever. So there is that part of her still somewhere in her genome. But yeah, I mean I guess you're supposed to know that she's not going to be like, you know, leaping off of tall buildings and doing a superhero pose or something. Right. Yep. Superhero um, landing. I'm also going to yep. backtrack yeah. slightly just for, for one little <laughs> moment that I absolutely loved. When they were trying to figure out the transporter thing and Chief Kyle, who has a much larger role than I had would have expected, he shows up in every episode and contributes in some way. Uh, oh, he's going to be then, uh, the chief of, the, of this series. Right. Um, yeah, the new Miles. Yep. So I love that bit when he was when he was going back and forth with Hemmer about the transporter stuff, and Hemmer like fixes the power thing, and Kyle's just like, "How did you do that?" And he goes, "Because I'm a genius." Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I just love that. Like the self assuredness of that character already is just like, mm -hmm. "Yeah, give me more of that, please." Um, so oh, then last the, episode, there, the best of the best of the best, sir. I was oh. waiting for you to do that. Um, yeah, me too, especially when Tim said the best of the best. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, should I do it now? Should I do it now? I was like, nah, they're going to be expecting you it. You should have. I know. Yeah. I was like, well, they, you guys will be expecting it. So oh. I needed like another moment to <laughs> drop it in. So the, virus, the virus continues to spread. They determine that it's, you know, based on, you know, it's passed through light. It's not a, 
you know, like a, a, a virus in the standard sense. So this is the moment where the episode it's light. It's the fact that they have like whoever gets it, like they need to be absorbing more light or something. No, no, he's no, he's right. They they said that something which I thought was kind of weird. They're like the virus um, passes through light or something. Yeah, so that, it's not exactly really like transmitted uh, through light as well. Yeah, which, and then I was also like, and they kept talking about their vitamin D levels dropping. I'm like, why don't you just have them, like, hooked up to, like, vitamin D? Like, I'm sure in, like, the 22nd century or whatever, you have pills that, you know, I just took this morning for vitamin D. You know, <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but it's yeah. good. So this is the moment where it fooled me. The minute they said, oh, this is a light-based virus, I was like, oh, that means Hemmer's going to save everybody because he can't see. So... He's going to be the mm. one that's going to have to save the ship because it will have no effect on him. Uh, oh. I was wrong. Yeah. Because at it one point... I, I, never, I never thought that just because in the end of the last episode when you read the recap or the plot, the uh, short plot of this episode, it's like he clearly put number one in the driving spot. So I was like, okay, so it's right. going to be something with her. Right. So then she goes down to down to like the transporter room and Hemmer's trying to like transport part of the 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 system's sun onto the ship for light purposes, and I was no, like, the, oh, uh, yeah, it was the mantle core of the planet. Oh, oh, it was the planet's core. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, what can go wrong? Yeah, with something <laughs> like that, who knows? Um, so then he's got it as well, and then they cut back to the planet where Pike and Spock are hanging out, and you know, there's. They're in this shelter, but there's something like beating down the door, and uh, they eventually figure out that the, there are like the these the safes in the iron store. Yeah, there are like these ghost things floating. And like from that room. point, I don't know whether this is too early to say this or not, but the second I saw people in those, I was like, well, I know now I know where the colonists are. Then be the colonists. Yeah. So you find out that um, this same virus went over the planet. And a bunch of people, and I'm not sure I have this exactly right, but a bunch of people um, basically had the virus and went charging into the ion storm and somehow turned them into these energy being things. Um, so then, you know, the, they think that the ghosts are going to kill them and they get through the doors and you find out that these beings are actually trying to protect them from the, the storm rather than kill them. Um so then we go back to the ship, and Lon is trying to open up the warp core because, well, more light, I guess. <laughs> um, and actually, before this, you find out that... Uh, and here's where I was confused. Did Mbenga already know this, that Una was an Illyrian? Or was she mm. outing herself to everyone here? No, I think she was outing herself, herself to everyone. Okay, because I thought he already knew. Like, no. I was, I would think you just had kind of a muted reaction. Yeah. Yep. I I think that's just how he is. I yes, I agree. Yeah, he's very calm, calm, cool, collected. Yep. I also had a problem because you know, in the he wasn't in the second episode at all, and he's not in the pilot that much. Um, But there were moments during that episode where I had trouble following him because of his accent. I was like, I'm not sure what he's even saying right now. Um, so there, there were scenes from that that I actually had to go back and watch more than once. Try yeah, to after, after, after a while, you kind of, at least with me, I kind of got the gist of what he was saying when he, you know, when they, like, kind of stopped, like, he was moving, and when he was, like, chasing after, uh, the engineer, like, to the thing, like, I wasn't quite sure what he was saying, but then, like, once they stopped and, like, they started having a conversation, I kind of caught what, what he was trying to say while they were walking. So I think, yeah, there's, there's, like, little things like that where, like, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, dialogue gets a little, uh, uh, jumbled, um, you know, but that also might just be because of the way they shot it or something. Yep, but you find out that, uh, number one is an Illyrian, and, uh, Somebody brings up the idea of like, oh, well, why don't we take whatever you're because she she was exposed to the light. She was exposed to the light virus before everybody else, and it had no effect on her. Um, so then I think Chapel says, you know, why don't we just take whatever 
immune response you have and just give it to everybody. And then Mbenga says, no, her, uh, the way her body would attack it, it was burning out right away. There are no, there are no antibodies or anything. So we can't, you know, there's nothing we could give to somebody else. Um, so then. Yeah. Only way to actually do it is to catch it yeah. in the moment where the infection is dissipating or whatever. Yep. So then they go back to, um, we go back to uh, number one has to try to stop Lon from blowing up the ship by uh, taking all the containment fields off the warp core and stuff. And uh, they have a big, big fight. Lon is also all pissy about like, why didn't you tell me what you really were? You know, "Eh." Um, which, you know, I kind of liked. It's obviously development between them. It just came off as sort of, and I know she's supposed to be. Because she uh, was augmented. Yeah, and she's also supposed to be affected by this virus, so I will sort of allow for a certain amount of unreason there, but it also did come off sort of whiny, like, why didn't you tell me what you really were, meh? Uh, Yeah, because when you look at it, I got it came off across as the way to me as well, but I got to say, like, this is the first semi-whiny moment you had in this whole show, and it's like tail end of episode three. Yeah. Yeah. So everything around it, it's so well written, so well acted out that I wasn't even bothered by it. No, it just it just threw me off for like thirty seconds, and I went with it. Mm. But um, so then they're fighting in the in the engine room, and then here's where I get kind of lost. Like some, uh, she gets exposed to the virus again, so it triggers her immune response, and then some combination of that and the the radiation from the warp core allows her to create like super mega antibodies that she's able to pass to Lon and then they are able to replicate that everywhere. Yeah, um, I didn't I didn't yeah, quite understand uh, what happened that, there. That was, because they kind of don't show it on screen. It's just number one saying that later on. Yes. Uh, when she's talking to the doctor. So you, I think this is like the first kind of sort of plot hole that you're supposed to look over. But again, yeah. the show has been going so good that I wasn't even bothered by it. Right. So then, so they fixed the whole thing. Everybody gets the, the cure thing and stuff. I did, I did find an interesting point. Obviously, we know that the, um, that the uh, rules against any sort of genetic tampering are in place here. And Chapel says, I don't really give a shit. If we figure something out, I want to give it to everybody anyway. I don't care where it comes from. Um, so there's already some sort of... Uh, Push back to stuff like that as long as it's for the greater good, I I suppose. Um, and then we do have a couple of really interesting character moments where um, Una goes to Pike and basically tells him the truth. I had sort of assumed Pike would already know this um, and just choose not to say anything. Um, but the she... Is absolutely priceless. Yeah. But she basically tells Pike what she really is and he goes, I don't really care. You're the best officer we got. I'm not doing shit. Uh, uh, not the best officer we got. You're the best commander in Starfleet. Yep. So he, you know, I think she expects she's going to get, you know, kicked out of the fleet and whatever and everything else. And he's just like, I don't give a shit. So she's kind of offers her resignation on the spot. Yep. And then she well, goes. He's like, at, well, he's, well, he's like, well, you know, in the report, it's going to say, you know, that's the transporters that did it. Yeah. So, Um, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know, we just won't tell nobody and, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll just say that this happened and that's it. I also had a moment of like, because it reminded me of the the Deep Space Nine episode where you find out that Bashir was uh, genetically engineered and stuff. And I was like, oh, are they going to do this again? Um, And then I thought I had a brief moment of like, oh, in some ways, she's probably the biggest name on this show. Are they getting rid of her? And they're going to bring in somebody else? Uh, well, maybe, she, maybe she was only committed to like a couple of episodes and they were going to get rid of her. Uh, but they don't do that, and she sticks around. Um, and For then one you moment, have... I thought that they were going to uh, use the Ion Storm uh, to make, uh, you know, a sort of a transporter accident where, uh, you know... Uh, where the captain and Spock would uh, transport into an augment uh, universe where everyone was augment. 
I, I so did not want to see that happen. You really <laughs> like that idea, though. I mean, you're. you're I mean, it's a cool idea, idea but I, I was so I did not want to. I think that's something other Star Trek shows might pull out, but I don't see that happening. I yeah. really hope that we stay in. I really hope that we stay with with this show with Strange New Worlds. I hope I'd like to see no time travel. I don't need time travel anymore. I don't need alternate realities anymore. <laughs> I really yeah, I just don't think we're gonna see any. Yeah, I think that's I the beauty of the show is that you're not gonna have any of that. I know. I think the other. I think Tim's right that the other shows have the other two live action shows at least have leaned on that kind of stuff a lot so maybe they're aware yeah. of that maybe. And, oh yeah and i think and i think that's why you guys are like oh yeah he's gonna end up being transported into another universe it's like because <laughs> like, all these no, other like, shows dude, have been doing all this did not want to see that happen because that was my first thought when they said when they mentioned fucking ion storms and uh trying to transport them during the ions i was like oh good god no because my mind never even went there. My mind this show crazy. doesn't need that in order to try to make it interesting. This oh, show is sure, interesting sure. as is. So they yeah, don't need more, any of that stuff. Yeah, or watching this show, scene. it seems like it's uh it's like one of those like you know, like a normal truck show where it's like every episode exactly. is a problem problem solved by the end you know and then you find out you know either something about a crewmate or you find out something about the people or you get more questions than answers because you just discovered something new like that's that's what trek is you know trek yeah, is going is out discovering new trip. worlds you know solving a problem you know having some sort of issue working together solving the problem and then maybe or maybe not having more questions you plus, know, just like uh, a they, they, yeah plus they're also using uh, real life uh, world history you know ancient tribe of wow. people uh, to you know make uh, make a tribe of aliens so like yeah uh, plus plus yeah. there was a plus there was a little bit of uh, at first when they you know did a general quarters lockdown type of thing i was like oh and only essential personnel was allowed on the bridge. I went, oh, I said maybe they're covering their ancient Earth history of 2020. But yeah, maybe. You know. But uh, I'm talking about the Lyrians. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the Lyrians were an ancient tribe. So, and they populated parts of Dalmatia as well, where Milos and I live. So yeah, mm. I was like, oh, cool, you're using our our background again in a way. So yeah, yeah. go Star Trek. There was an interesting point about the Illyrians that I forgot to mention. At least this colony of them, was, they were they found out that they were, Spock finds out that they were trying to reverse their genetic engineering because they wanted to uh, join the Federation, essentially. Which I don't think we've ever really seen that with any sort of group that had genetic engineering and stuff. It's always about superiority and all that other junk. Um, so I did think that was an interesting way to go. Um, for sure and then our our the last scene i remember of any relevance was um number one goes to mbenga and says look this happened because your your medical transporter biofilters were fucked up and you wouldn't let anybody work on them so like what's going on here and then yeah when they upgraded the rest of the ship you didn't let them touch yours yep so then he admits to her and I kind of assume that Pike already had to know this because he's pretty tight with Pike. You would think this would come up, but um, but anyway, you find out that he basically has a daughter who's terminally ill, and she's probably uh, eight or ten years old. And he did the the Scotty thing from Relics, where he put her in the pattern buffer until. They can find a way. He, he thinks if he's out here at the bleeding edge of the frontier, he can find something that will help him fix her. So, you know, he uh, keeps her in the pattern buffer and he occasionally lets her out because it's like I kind of viewed it as like it's the thing that you do where you go. If you're not driving a car, you go start it up once a month or whatever to make. Yeah, well, he also he does bring it up that he only like, the only requirement that he has to do is to take her out of the buffer so she wouldn't like degrade or whatever yeah complete degradation um yeah so it's kind of on the same idea as uh i I don't i think i was zoning out during this but did you mention relics 
Yes, I did. Okay. did yep. All right. Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. So, uh, um, I wasn't one, sleeping. Uh, I was just zoning out. And I, number one has always struck me as kind of a by the book sort of person. So I was afraid that she was going to be like, all right, you're done. And this is how they're going to explain how he, you know, when McCoy shows up, he's a subordinate. Um, but, uh, she goes, oh, yeah, we'll find you, like, a dedicated power source for this thing so that you don't have to worry about this anymore. Um, so, and I believe the episode ends with him. He takes the daughter out of the buffer, and he's, like, reading her book. Which was yep. Yep. Um, yeah, it was kind of a mixture of that. And then, um, and number one was doing, uh, you know, like, a personal log that she ends up deleting. Yeah. You know, but, oh, you where know, she so basically admits no... to being, yeah, where she basically admits to being an Illyrian. Allure- an Everything. Yeah, and she, you know, she lived her whole life thinking that, you know, being an Alarian was bad, but, you know, seeing, you know, how Pike handled it and how the crew was handling it, you know, they treated her like a normal person and that, you know, maybe eventually someday genetically and modified people, you know, wouldn't be viewed upon as like, you know, this bad thing and at some time they'll just be people, which, yep. you know, kind of kind of does that social message that we like about Trek not the yep. some of the other social messages that they push on so I like that I like how how that ended with her little uh personal log and stuff and it yep. you know it was really nice nice yeah I would say for me this one um I would put this one probably second of the three that they've had I mean I would I would still put this one behind the pilot but I like this one better than the comet one last week uh, just because this was able to uh, give you a lot of development for a lot of different people um, and still tell a fairly compelling uh, sci-fi story in there as well. Um, let's go around the room and get everybody's quick thoughts now that we did that longer than I intended to plot run. Uh, <laughs> him, so. I just... Uh... I really enjoyed how it started with uh, number one's uh, log, the commander's log. That told you right away, and it's, John, as you said, it's a device, and we all kind of agreed, like, this is a well, well-worn but, like, effective device in Star Trek to introduce an episode. Uh, I love episodes where it's like um, something is happening on the ship that's going wrong, like either a virus, like I feel like we've seen viruses before. Um, I I can't come up with episode names the way you guys might be able to though. Um, but I feel like I've seen an Naked episode now. of Star. What's that? Naked now springs to mind. Okay. Yep. 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 Any anything that creates what you could call a bottle episode, I really like. Um, yeah. So it was, and I liked how strange this was. I liked how the guy smashed his head through the glass. It's like, I was not expecting that. Um, or how number one, like ripped her uh, uh, shirt open. Um, I liked how it was just kind of odd and a, a mystery that needed to be solved. Um, the way it was solved, I think you all alluded to it was a little bit like clunky at the end, like how she somehow transferred some of her, stuff to the other person I, I thought that was a little bit clunky um, but again as as Mila said I was so into it and, and I just loved the show so much that I was it was easily forgiven um, and yeah the John to your point about building up characters I mean there were uh, like at least four characters, I can't name them all off the top of my head right now, but at least like four characters who also received significant development. Um, and the show did not feel unbalanced at any point. It felt balanced between all of them. And meanwhile, you've got the the classic team of Pike and Spock, them interacting, and all their interactions are funny and interesting. So just a well-rounded episode. Nice. I still think, you know, this show has had more character development in three episodes than Discovery's had to its B crew in four years. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like, <clears throat> I kind of like all three of these episodes sort of equally. Um, it's just been kind of how I've liked this show. But if I had to rank them, 
this one would probably be third just because of that whole like radiation passing on type of thing was a little weird um i did like um i did like all the character development in this episode with everybody as uh tim was saying and as everybody else was saying but um i did like in the comet episode which it's not a comet um that uh you know Ahura got a lot of development and like it was i kind of like it when it's kind of focused more on like one person rather than a bunch of people but um but i did like how this kind of built up um kind of like a maybe not a lore but like a uh you know a lot of backstory for everybody like now we know a lot about mbenga and now we know more about una and then now you know we know a little more about uh langa and you know stuff like that and then um you know while also trying to tell like you know maybe not a social conscious story but like you know put that in there along with you know kind of touching on something modern day which it kind of went a little too pandemic-y on on it for me but um but other than that um i liked how you know they handled it i liked the interaction between the characters and uh, i thought it was just another really solid episode from this team and i just like how it's you know it 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 reeks of classic Trek, which, uh, yeah. you know, it's been kind of missing, you know. Yep. Boris. Uh, not sure what else to say, man. I mean, Tim and Justin covered just about everything. Uh, I would like to add that Tuna is also name of the river in Croatia, and that about covers it. <laughs> hey, you're, becoming like, you're becoming like fucking Chekhov for Croatia on this show. For sure, man. I, I, I have a lot of competition. I'm also Trek is Croatian. Yes. I will also petition Paramount uh, to make sure that uh, Una also speaks Croatian as a character. So, yeah. But will, but will she need a universal translator, though? No, no. That's her, that's oh, her base uh, language. That would be her base language. During Picard, we had multiple debates about uh, exactly which how characters uh, speak which language. In the sense of like, would Rios have to know Spanish or English or whatever? Um, and we've wasted like 20 minutes per episode on that for the last <laughs> weeks. So I'd rather not do it again. Um, but yeah. You know, here you're not going to talk 20 minutes about it because you're taken away from the show. So, hey. Right. Milo, she got I, know, I, I just, I just like joking and bringing it up. I, I know, man. Well. I'm all for it. You you know, best of the best of the best, sir. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Milos, you have anything we didn't already hit or that you wanted uh, to throw in? Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to I just want to say basically as much as the, this show to me seems like it's a lot more character-driven than the plot. Did. Like the, the plot isn't, like, the co- main complaint we had with Picard, among other things, was the writing and the plot that was just horrible. But with this show, even with all the char- all the time they're putting in to develop characters, as Tim brought up, like they developed like four characters without even almost without even trying. Uh, the show feels a lot more put together. The yeah. interactions between yeah. the crew and like just general writing is great, but it's like they. I don't know the time and effort this one took and why they couldn't do it with the other shows, but whatever the hell they're doing with this one, it's working. Well, I think you I think you just hit on a point that this is another one of those undefinable things that kind of goes underneath it that I didn't really notice until you just said this. Like compared to Discovery and Picard, this show feels just effortless. Like they're just you know, whatever it is it's they're doing, much, they have some sort of like... I don't know what they're doing, but it's working. Yeah, but I mean, as opposed to some of these plots where it's like, particularly with, I mean, I don't think, I mean, Picard strains in a different way because Picard is like, you know, a lot of the stuff in season two was so fucking backwards that they were just like, you could tell they're just trying to get themselves out of it, but like... I feel like compared to compared to compare this to Discovery, for example, and like a lot of those plots are interesting, particularly in the stuff in the last two years when they changed the time period. But in a lot of ways, I think because of the fact that, you know, it's largely these undeveloped characters, I feel like they're straining 
in a lot of ways, that show is straining to be liked and straining to be accepted. Okay, just look at it from this point. Like, look at Discovery. They're in their fourth season, and they yep. still have no idea what they're doing with half of their crew. Right. Like, well, I think, well, I think that. And goes you, back we're three to... episodes. We're three episodes in on here. It's like you almost have a feel like everybody has a spot. Everybody belongs. Which yep. is something well, think... Discovery almost never got to. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, I... Well, I was I was just gonna say I think that's because of the discussion we had before about like, you know, what does Picard's uh finale mean for all of these Paramount Plus shows? Is Discovery trying to find its footing because they weren't sure what they were gonna do with it at first? I mean, at first they were it was just gonna be a uh like a a prequel to TOS and then it ended up becoming, you know, its own thing and then now it's going into the future now that they've developed this whole like Picard season 2 thing with time travel and alternate universes and bliss and this and that. So, I mean, I think that's the problem is that Discovery tried too hard to be liked by all Trek fans that it ended yep. up like dividing the uh the fan base. Um, just because of how hard it was trying to hit everything, it was trying to hit, um, it was trying to hit Trek fans, but at the same time wanted to tell Trek fans that no, this is new people that are doing it, and we don't like certain things, or we're updating certain things, or we're going to be very blatant about certain things, which some Trek fans didn't like, some did, you know. So then that kind of divided the base, and then you know, and then it. Well, yeah, like, Discovery has a missing for misfortune to actually be the first show that they yeah, were putting cool. on. So yeah, there's a lot of the finding their spot yeah. that took place. But even like looking at it, okay, they brought Pike in for second season, but their first, they're arguably like the best character they had was Mich- uh, would be like, they just took him away. Michelle Yeoh, she wasn't there as long as she maybe should have, would have. And I know they're doing the Section 31 show with her, but Jason Isaacs, who was almost the main reason why I got into the show or was basically the biggest drawing point for me. Like, he was there for a season and they just took him away. Like, this show suffered a lot in the first two seasons. And then when they th- when they made the jump in the future, they did something is in a very freedom from basically entanglement from anything else. Because it was literally a blank slate where they can do whatever and it yeah. didn't really matter in which universe they were, just because they made the jump so far into the future that they didn't have to worry about tying into anything. And it's still well, like, take a Discovery season three and four, when they got the whole freedom thing going on, like they still couldn't find themselves. Characters are even at certain points even more lost than they were before. And then, yeah. and Stranger and then Worlds even... has its shit together three episodes in. Yeah, like, and then there's even like some stuff. Like, um, you know, like I said, I I haven't seen too much of yeah. seasons three and four, but, you know, the one I always bring up is that unification clip that they play in Discovery. And it's like, well, that's not what was in the original episode. So is that them telling us that they're in a different universe? You know, is the Picard stuff setting us up to be in a new universe. I mean, I don't want to retread yeah. something that we talked about a few episodes ago, but you know, it's it's just very interesting that, you know, what they're what they seem to be trying to do behind the scenes that I think they're eventually going to announce is, you know, that all these yeah. Paramount Plus things are all in like a separate universe or something. Yeah. Well, just, well that, just that's point, the I thing that actually Yeah, go ahead, Tim. I, I, if you guys could help me with like a logistical issue, d- d- does Strange New Worlds? Are they saying Strange New Worlds takes place in the prime? Yeah, Justin, Justin was alluded to. At one point, he's expecting Paramount Plus to announce that all the shows, Discovery and Picard and Stranger Worlds are actually happening in a third universe, not in the okay. Prime, not in the Kelvin, but in the third yeah, one. So they're kind of delaying, delaying that, uh, the announcement. Yeah, let this me just something that Tim missed if he hasn't listened to like the last yeah. couple shows we did on Picard. Where yeah, do you do you want Justin me to just kind of run through my theory? I I can do it quicker. Okay, uh, all right, cool. Justin Justin <laughs> believes that the events of the second season of Picard set in twenty twenty four. Mean that this is this is Paramount's inroad to say that all of these 
uh, Paramount Plus shows are on a different timeline than everything else is. Okay. So, um, I don't know if I believe that quite yet, but I can see why you would think that. Um, do you think they care? Like, do they actually have this in their thought process, they, or are they, they just don't doing care. things? They don't I, care. I, they I don't think care. they care now. I think they care now just because of how much backlash they've had on stuff. Um, I think it, they care now, so I think they're trying to set everything up to be like, well, what are you talking about? This is a brand new universe. You know, uh, this is different. That's different. This is different. That is different. I think I think because of how how bad Discovery came out the gate and how divided everybody became because of it, I think they're trying to kind of backtrack a little bit and trying to be like, listen, we're going to free ourselves of the old canon, you know, uh, DS9, TNG, TOS, none of that happened in this universe. This is us starting fresh, so that way we don't have to worry about, like, you know, bringing, you know, James Kirk in on season two of of Strange New Worlds, or the fact that we have a Khan ancestor on on the Enterprise. Yeah, that's another gripe I had and, with this show, actually. But uh, yeah, and she's and she's throwing yeah, and she's throwing out things about Khan and stuff. It's like, well. You know, she's talking about him in the past tense. Like, was he not sent to, you know, uh, was he not out there? Like, is he going to come back? Is he not in stasis? Like, you know, did, is Space Seed actually going to happen in this universe? Well, believe, is Wrath of Khan going to happen in this universe? Like, it, it just kind of seems actual, like they're setting up a lot of stuff. If you believe the actual lore about Khan, and I can't believe this didn't come up before this, uh, Gary Seven actually did that. Like, was the one that put Khan on that spaceship, and the mm. vast majority of the world doesn't know that. Ah. Uh. So, I mean, yeah, but you have a point. I mean, you're right that they. Yeah. I think there's sort of another way to like hard. pick and choose the continuity as they want to. Um, yeah. So, so now they can kind of free themselves of the, which I kind of wish they had just done originally, but I think the problem came, which um. Uh, Tim, I don't know how many other episodes you've watched of our uh, listened of our pod, but Brent, who, who does a lot of like group stuff with us, uh, we've had discussions about like how prior to Viacom and Paramount merging, um, that it seemed like there were rumors that they had to make Discovery and Picard and stuff like this just slightly different to avoid like rights issues between the two companies and then once the merger happened it didn't really matter anymore but at that point you had already changed certain things that it's like well now you can't just revert it back to the yeah. old canon you know what i mean so so we kind of have an idea we kind of have a theory that you know they kind of changed something to fit the rights issues that now is becoming an issue when people bring up canon and then you have people bringing up the leonard nimoy quote of you know canon schman and you know what i mean but it's it's like, you know, some of this stuff doesn't matter because it makes sense in terms of the storytelling. Like, at some point, you have to be kind of accurate canon, you know, for certain things. Yeah. Hell, Brent wanted to call the podcast 10% different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so an I would say another solid one. Um, I don't know what this show could do that I wouldn't love it at this point. I mean... And again, some of that might be the Penny Chapel. That pissed uh, me off. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> some, some of that might be the um, the uh, the Stockholm syndrome of Picard and uh, all that. Uh, and I'm just so happy that this is confident that I'm like, okay, is following any sort of like I don't know who the writing rooms people are on this show and whether any of them are working on Picard or Discovery as well. But I don't think this show is following any of the blueprint of Discovery and Picard at any point. Oh, I don't know whether, whether they actually sat down and said, like, whatever these guys are doing, we're going to do completely opposite. But there's nothing that I can actually point to in this show that actually, in any way, shape, or form, actually picks stuff up from other shows as far as, like, this is how we're going to handle certain situations. Like, yeah. And this is the closest... Uh, you're gonna get, or that we're getting to, like this is a classic truck show. Well, Milo, and I think I think that's the why that they're keeping, and probably the why that they wanted to hit to begin with. Here's a point that I just remembered from the pilot, actually, and th to me, this is how I can tell that 
nobody's really bitching about this show. Um, in that speech that Pike gives on that planet when they when they went in the first episode when they were on that yeah, planet. Yeah. Okay, so he basically they've basically changed the timing and positioning of the eugenics wars, and no one cares. Like, I don't hear a ton of people bitching about that on the internet. Like, wow. yeah, but when he gives the history of the Earth and yeah, yeah. they basically he basically said that the eugenics wars took place after World War Three when. For years and years and years, it was before. I think in reality, yeah, probably that's, that's like one of the clearest points that Justin is yep. making. Where I think in reality, I think in reality that, that this is going to be a separate universe. In reality, that has nothing to do with it being a separate universe. I think that's just an acknowledgement that, like, well, I th- well, I in not in, to not to interrupt you, John, but um, but they did mention the eugenics wars in Picard too. So there's a little bit of a continuing era in their own shows right. where Picard two had mentioned the eugenics wars before them showing up in 2024. And then world war three happens after they leave. So there is a little bit of an era there, but I get what you're saying. Well, Sorry. keep in mind though, I, I chose to believe that that is a, that is not a like, acknowledgement of a separate universe or whatever i i chose to take that as an acknowledgement of like well when we posited this in 19, 1966 we assumed that this would be something that people were doing by 1990 whatever yeah. in reality like they look at that now and go well we know humanity didn't have the ability to do this in 1990 whatever so if we say you know it happened in 20 some odd down the road from now it actually makes more sense. Well, they yeah, also, well, they it also goes to the that, whole, uh, like, we thought we are going to have flying cars in 2020s. And here yeah. we are with the monkey virus. I so, still hey, want I mean, Well, <laughs> I true, but... Like, we, we took a left turn somewhere along the lines, and boy, we're yeah. still lost. Yep. Uh, Misha, do you want to look up the next one? I, I think the title is... Okay, like, so the next one, I already did pull it up. So next one is called Memento Mori. Okay. And the quick uh, plot is Pike must must find unconventional Starfleet methods to deal with the malevolent force that attacks the Enterprise. Oh, very general. Okay. Okay. I actually kind of like that. And then the next one. Yeah, Spock Amok, which I'm looking forward to. I'm wondering what's going to happen in that. I think that's going to be a big canon episode. Yeah, oh, because obviously they're going to probably have to acknowledge, like, Pond Far and Amok Time and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm so, sure they're yeah. going to do something a little different, so, you know. Yeah. Plus, oh, it'd be nice I mean, to see uh, ping again, so. God, you suck with names. I know. Uh, whatever. You know what I mean? I know, Blame what? it on my accent. Blame it I'm on my accent. Shit. I'm just giving to, you shit. To ping. To ping. There we yeah, go. Yeah, whatever. You got it. Ah, whatever. <laughs> I'm there, the my, my screen just died. Uh, can you still hear me and stuff? Yeah, I yeah. can hear you. Shit. My audio, my video just went. Uh, Hello, John. Yeah, can you not hear me anymore? I can hear you. I can hear you. Because okay, I can't see anything now. Um, well, I could never see you guys. What do you mean you can't see anything? So. My screen is gone, so I can't... Uh, I can't get the video Oh, well, we can hear up. you, so... Okay. That's unfortunate. So, but I don't know how I'm going to stop it now because I can't see anything. I, uh, I think you want to let me. Uh, I think Justin yeah, can go ahead we're and not, try. We're not it. done yet, but. Oh, okay. Yeah, but when we finish, yeah. When yeah. we finish, I think Justin can try. Okay. Yeah, I can try yeah, to win. Because you're like the king, so you can stop it. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have the power. Yes. Uh, so, was there any? were there any other final thoughts anybody wants to get out? I love the designs and sets and all of that. Like, I just luxuriate in the visuals of this show and the way the ships look and, uh, like, each room is interesting. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree on that. Now, I wonder if this, I, I hope not, because I hope they realize what they have here. I hope this show does not get into the same trap that the other shows have where they cut the budget after season one. And then that starts to have an effect on how this thing looks. 
because well here's the here's the thing with that as far as like as long as the writing is this good even when even if they cut the budget to the actual like production stuff so maybe you lose something on the visual effects but as long as the cast and crew because we 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 brought we bridged this subject with Picard season two at some point like in Picard season one like everybody was trying in Picard season two people just gave up so as long as the money, like, even if they do pull the budget, which I also hope they do not, like, as long as they keep the writing as they are doing it now, as long as the characters are invested, I don't see them pulling uh, visual budgets from, like, effects and stuff like that as a problem or an issue. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, let me... But that just... being said, I really hope they don't pull this budget, because... Yeah, no, I agree, like, but... This is My the other... best track thing we had since, you know, first J.J. Uh, Abrams movie for me. And yep. I haven't had this much fun watching Star Trek in a very long time. No, definitely not. Hopefully this show will run for many years. Um, okay, so, uh, Tim, thank you for joining us. Feel free. I'm going to give you a little room to uh, plug your shit. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I, if anyone who's a fan of professional wrestling... I have a pro wrestling podcast that analyzes the medium as if it is an art, which it is. Uh, that's called The Work of Wrestling. You can find it in iTunes um, or, or Apple Podcasts, rather, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That's The Work of Wrestling. I have a film podcast called The Five Films, which is all about the films that shaped our values. Um, and I have a new podcast. It's a mental health podcast called Tim Walks where I just walk and talk about mental health. Uh, so that's about it for me. You can also follow me on the social media gimmicks. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Work of Wrestling. So thank, if you guys want to talk with me about wrestling, or really anything, art, anything, I'll, I'll be happy to respond. So that, that's all my stuff. And thank you for letting me on your guys' show. I of really course. appreciate it. It's always you're a pleasure welcome, having you. Anytime. In fact, I would say, you know, you joined our Discord server. I would say stay there. And uh, if we oh, yeah. do anything that, if we have anything coming up that interests you, just let me know. And uh, you're more than welcome to join us for anything. Really. And I don't know if John told you we're going to run through all the movies at one point. That's right. That's right. Yes, that's yep. cool. I'm so, like, feel free to jump in on any of that. Our stuff. goal is to the the big one we're doing. We we want to get we're doing TMP today because we want to get um we want to get uh, Con out for <laughs> the the fortieth anniversary date for Con is June fourth. Oh wow! So we want to have that out for June fourth. Uh, Forty years. Let me ask you one question though, real quick about the five films. Are sure. you planning on doing more of that? Oh yeah, definitely. It's just a matter of uh, time and inspiration. Yeah, because um, I, I know you had talked about you know having guests on at some point to talk about their five films, and I would love to do that. Like I think. Oh you yeah, and I yeah. A, you and I could have a great conversation about my five films because I would bet that you also love a couple of those. I'm um, sure I would. So I'm sure we could have fun with that. Um, and we are going to. Uh, I suggest and, not doing that with Josh because his five I don't even want to think about. Uh, yeah, weird seventies horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, hey, uh, hey, <laughs> hey! Leave, uh, leave uh, the New York Ripper and the Beyond alone. All right. <laughs> I still have to go back and look for that one. I can always tell like how screwed up those are by your reactions after the fact. Like I can't believe you made me watch that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, you know, it's it's something to do. You know, I'll watch it. I'll give it a chance. You know, me, Josh, and Brendan, we get to have a little chat about crazy weird shit. Sometimes Sarah's on them. So, what were the two that you suggested for the double feature thing? Oh, Jane and GI Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was because they wanted me to do like wacky double feature thing, like they made me do. But I don't watch anything too wacky. So I just tried to find something that you guys kind of joke on me about. And I was going to do two Arnold movies, but I thought that was a little too on the nose. He's going to pull an Arnold movie. <laughs> so, so instead, I wanted to do two rock movies. And so um, I was going to do Pain and Gain and Baywatch. Uh, but, then I ended, <laughs> but then I ended up doing Pain and Gain and uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. 
Okay, I'll join you on those. I got. I will actually have to watch Pain and Games for the first time, but I'm more than happy to do that. Um, yeah. Like so, I said, I'm also for those two. I can. I can. Sure. I can do those two. Sure. And uh, this week we will be uh, doing our review of the 1994 unreleased uh, Roger Corman Fantastic Four film. Um, which and also recap the last pod as well. Yeah, that we also did a, <laughs> a we also did a full ninety minutes on um on the three modern era Fantastic Four films, and the recording bot decided to sit there with his thumb up his ass. So yeah, so so we have really about uh, ten we have about a ten minute recording of like you know very very light light plus plot stuff, and then me uh trying to figure out how to pronounce when whatever yeah, his name is John Griffith's name yeah uh, which is which, which goes back to the whole like how I can't pronounce names things it goes back yeah. to that discussion where like we had like a 5 minute discussion on how to pronounce it was it Owen or Ian <laughs> yeah and i actually looked it up so i did actually find uh, uh, a pronunciation for the doctor who guy's name we'll get into that on uh, maybe we'll mention it on tmp oh, yeah. but um i did actually look that up so yeah, Tim, thank you for joining us. And uh, as I said, you have an open invitation for anything, really. Uh, so stay on the server, and we'll just we'll keep throwing stuff out, and whatever you find you have time for, we're more than happy to have you. Uh, Justin, and you want to feel like story? you want to do a movie, like just drop a note. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. There's probably gonna be people who are. Uh, Justin, you want to cut this, and I'm gonna close my computer for a second, see if I can get the video back. Yeah, brother. I'll leave the the chat room. Okay. Cool. Later, guys. All right. Later, guys. Thanks again. See ya.